So as we said, Jason and I have been married a while now and uh, been together for nearly 30 years. And uh, I remember very early on in our relationship, it was a weekend, we headed out to Bethel's Beach. And who's been to Bethel's Beach? Brave, hey, going out west? Yeah. So, uh, and um, Bethel's Beach, to get to the really nice beach, you go to Bethel's Beach, then you head over the headland over to the next one over. And, uh, and I was really looking forward to this. And Jacinda, uh, we probably walked about maybe 300 metres from the car, and Jacinda just drops and says, ah, oh, my back's just gone, completely gone. And I'm like... So, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind, it's like... <laughs> So there goes my beach-like day. <laughs> and then very quickly after that, are you okay? Yeah. Uh, um, and she says, nah, nah, you know what it's like when my back goes out? It's just like, I'm going to be just, this going to wreck me for like weeks. And I go, yeah, I do know that. And um, um, <laughs> um, I'm just like thinking, like, how can I still get to the beach? And <laughs> Um, and we've just been we've just been learning about prayer for for healing, and and so I'm like thinking I've got absolutely no expectation that if I pray that God will do something, but like you know we've been told just just do it anyway, no matter what you feel like, and and I was just so I was more prayed for her out of a sense of duty of being a, a good Christian than with any sort of expectation that anything was going to happen. And we just prayed. I don't know what I prayed, but, uh, but back was instantly healed. Eh? Just instantly healed. <laughs> oh, th- thank you, Lord. Uh, it's like going to go to the beach. Um, uh, but, you know... I learned a couple of things from that, and like one was uh, that, well, apart from the first thing I learned was I'm very selfish, <laughs> very selfish person, um, and uh, but you know my day at the beach was back on track. But the second thing was it's it's like God will do stuff almost without necessarily you having faith. Like I'm serious, I had zero expectation. But I just prayed anyway. And, and that God just in his sovereignty will just step into moments as we just bring whatever little bit we can and we'll do things. And there'll be times when things happen. There'll be times when things don't happen. And, uh, but, you know, like, like God will use anyone to do anything. Not guaranteed, not all the time. We're going through... The book of Luke, we've got this little series we're going to be doing, and we're going to do chunks, and then we're going to park it, and then we're going to do another chunk. It's looking at life with Luke, through the gospel of Luke, the story of Luke. Okay, let's all just stop and just say hello to the cat that's just walked in, just at the back there, just over the side. Very friendly cat. Um, We heard from the school once when they uh, opened the... Uh, cupboards at the bottom where we store all our gear. They opened those cupboards on a Monday morning and the cat came out, so we locked her in there one day. But uh, um, Not intentionally. Uh, so we're looking at life with Luke, and this Gospel of Luke that uh, Luke wrote, of mainly, was mainly Luke, 
And uh, we don't get very far into it until we discover that, that, uh, that Jesus was a healer. That Jesus was a healer. And it says in Luke 5, 15, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. We see in Luke 4, 38, 39, that Jesus heals Simon Peter. So it talks about Simon. Simon got his name changed to Peter, and that's the Apostle Peter, okay? So if you're not familiar with that. So it says, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. So Jacinda, my wife, recently became a mother-in-law. And, but it's just okay. Like, like evidently, Jesus loves mother-in-laws. So <laughs> it's okay. Luke 4, verse 40, uh, it talks about how Jesus healed many people. See, at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Luke 5, 12 to 13, Jesus heals a man with leprosy. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And then Jesus heals a paralyzed man. This is, we're, just, we're just rolling through Luke and we just see like, wow, right at the start as Jesus is... Um, as Luke is recording the, the, the life and the ministry of Jesus, it's just all of these incredible things are happening. Jesus heals a paralyzed man. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. And everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. And we've seen, we see many of these accounts and events recorded throughout the other Gospels. We'll, we'll look at them, we'll bump into them as we go through the book of Luke. These, these are just the ones that we're up to in chapters 4 and 5. And it can't help but throw out the question for us. is like, well, can we learn how to see people get healed? Can we, can we do that sort of thing? And the answer is yes. There's one best way, and that's to study medicine. Okay, so like that is, become a doctor. Like if you really want to see lots of people get healed, then become a doctor. Um, so get that one. Any doctors here? Yeah, they're a little, little, yeah, I'm a doctor. Yeah. Love that. Love that you've devoted so much time and study to, um, 
to be able to then heal people. But what about the rest of us? Yes, we can learn to see people get healed. Jesus told us this in John 14, 12, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Like people have been healed through, through prayer and, uh, for the last 2,000 years in the name of Jesus. Now I've, I've seen miraculous healings myself. The, the hard thing about that is because you know then that Jesus can heal, and yet we have prayed for people that have had terminal illnesses and they haven't been healed. And that is just heartbreaking. And it's... And we'll talk a little bit about that. But when people ask us, well, how do we see people get hit? How does that work for us? Like, is there, is there like some kind of thing that we can learn how to do? And a lot of people will say to you, say like, you just need to do what Jesus did. That sounds like a fair enough thing to say, eh? Just do what Jesus did. Well, let's look at what Jesus did. Simon Peter's mother-in-law. He le- it says, he leaned over her and rebuked the fever. That's probably a little bit different than what you might be thinking, with those of you that have done, prayed for people that have been sick. He leaned over her and rebuked the fever. Do you know what rebuke means? This is, this is what rebuke means. Express sharp disapproval or criticism because of their behavior or actions. Hey, fever... I'm very, very disappointed in, in your behavior. Is that what happened? And I disapprove. Enough's enough. So fever, pack it in. And you know what it says? The fever left. The fever packed it in. And, uh, you know, Jesus could have been, like he's you know, even thinking like, okay, so... Simon Peter's going to be one of my key guys. He's one of my disciples. He's going to be the guy that's going to be the head of the church in Jerusalem. If his mother-in-law's sick, his wife's distracted, and happy wife, happy life. We've got to sort this out. We've got to sort this out. Rebukes the fever, and, uh, and it goes. And then it goes. The next one we read was when he, he healed many people, but he laid hands on them. And, and you kind of get the picture possibly in your mind of just him just you know, laying hands on his shoulder or head or maybe on the, the thing that needed healing. Um, talks about when he healed the man with leprosy and says Jesus touched him. So it's, is that like, I, I, don't, I don't know what that is, it's just, but it, just, it doesn't say laid hands, it just says that he, he touched him. So there's rebuking, there's a laying on of hands, there's kind of a touching, so well, what did Jesus do? It's like, and then he heals the, the paralyzed man. He does something different again. And there's a lot going on here. It's like, you, when we read this, did you get the sense there's lots of people there? It's like there was, starts off saying that there were the teachers of the law there, and then it says, but then they could come from all of Galilee, which is an area probably about as big as wider Auckland. And then, um, and then from even further afield, there were people that had come. So there was a lot of people there. Uh, and it says Jesus was teaching. And it was probably in, in someone's house. It was a big house. But it was full. People were overflowing. It was overflowing. People trying to hear. 
But we read there, it's interesting the line, it says that Jesus, I was going to say, read it, get it right. It says, the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. But he was teaching. He was teaching, but the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. And, uh, and then we read about a bunch of, a bunch of guys and I tell you, if I, I would love my friends to be these kind of friends. So they're going, like, they've heard that Jesus is in town. They've possibly heard of some of the healings, and they, their mate is paralyzed. And they're going, we've got to get this, get this happening and get him in there with them. And so as it often happens when you get a bunch of friends together, um, to go and do something. Someone made them late. So the, they get there late and it's like it's full. There's people in there. There's people spilling out. They've got their friend and they can't get him in to, uh, to see Jesus. And so, and there would have been a, like one of them. Usually there's always one in a group, isn't there? That goes like, like surely we can do something. We can get this sorted out. And uh, so they somehow, I don't know, they get a ladder or they... Get a bunch, get, get a bunch of rope, and they're climbing up on the roof, and uh, they haul their mate up onto the roof, and then there they uh, they start pulling the roof apart. <laughs> they just, and um, and like it says that they let him right down, right in front of Jesus. So they probably would have torn a bit of roof off and looked through. Oh, he's over there. So. <laughs> come over here and then rip that whole part of the roof apart and um, they, they lower him down. It's like on a stretcher or something. Uh, so, uh, so these guys, like, probably breaking a, a few laws in the process, wouldn't you think? Like, you just imagine, like, so you're somewhere and there's, someone's teaching and there's lots of people there and, and uh, you imagine if it was here, you know, just imagine if, and like all of a sudden you start hearing this banging on the roof and, and then like, you know, the Gary or whoever's on, you know, looking after things goes out and like, what are you, you know, and then, and then like I'm, I'm like looking at, there's some guys up at the window here and I'm like, what is going on? You know, like, and you'd hear them talking, hey, you reckon we could get him down through that window? And, and they go, no, he's too fat. Like, let's, let's rip the roof off and, and um, starts coming on down and, it's just about to hear, and Shirley comes rushing out with a welcome pack, and <laughs> so is this your first time? You know, I haven't seen you before. Bar of chocolate. Fiona's filling out the health and safety form like this is not okay. But you know, the first thing that Jesus says is, "Is your sins are forgiven," and and there is a dynamic where we've experienced that there is often some health issues are tied into things of sin, things where people have done things that, um, that aren't in alignment with God's ways. It's hard to know if that was the reason he got, got healed. But, but you know what Jesus did, and possibly one of, you know, out of the ones that we've heard, I mean, they're all phenomenally miraculous, but... Just, Jesus didn't even go over and lay hands on him. 
he just stood there and he's, he's you know, I don't know, hands don't have pockets in those white things. So he, he just says, knows what these, all of the teachers of the law are saying, think, thinking, like, you can't forgive sins, you can't forgive sins. And he's like, I'll tell you, just to prove that I can, I'll show you, I'll, you know, I'll show you something else. And he just says, get up and walk to the guy. And um, so for a paralyzed person, again, what would they have been, th- like, so like, like, you know my legs don't work. You get up and walk. And if, you're, if your legs don't walk and you're trying to get up and walk, it's like you've kind of got to almost grab your, your legs and, and try and grab something. And you, you're really not thinking this is going to happen. And you're getting up these legs that haven't worked for a while. And you discover suddenly that like, there's strength in these legs. Something, something has happened. There's strength in these legs. And... Um, so he gets up and, you know, his boys are probably still up on the roof and they'll be cheering and he's like, this is awesome. And, um, and what does he do? He, he just gets up and picks up his bed that they lowered him down on and, and just goes home. Doesn't stay for the notices or <laughs> doesn't stay for the coffee after church. He just, he just goes home. And he goes home worshipping God. Like, hallelujah, you are good, you're good. just goes home. But if we're looking at, okay, if we, if we want to be people that can see God heal others, then just looking at what Jesus did, there's no, there's no formula to this thing. There's no, there's no method. I mean, I just read in my, uh, in my daily readings of the Bible just this week, and I was reading in John. Again, another healing story of Jesus. And he meets a man born blind. Born blind. So born without something that's supposed to be there to allow him to see. And what does Jesus do? This guy comes to him. He hears hears that Jesus is a healer. He comes to him and Jesus spits on the ground, makes a bit of kind of dirt and spit paste, rubs it on his eyes and says uh, now what I want you to do is I want you to go to the pool of Siloam and, and wash it off it's like so different to just get up and walk it's so there is no there is no method to this thing. if you're thinking like I want to I want to be able to pray for people and see them get healed there is there is no method so what do we do what do we do when I was in my uh, in my twenties, again, just discovering these, um, you know, that the gifts of the spirit that we read about in the Bible are available to us, and things like healing, and, and I had no idea what to do. And uh, but I discovered the the teachings of the of the Vineyard and John Wimber, who is uh, is the founder. And and I was at um, uh, at something last night and talking to a guy who. Um, he just said, oh, you're with the vineyard. He said, like, oh, just, you know, 1988, and John Wimber came out. He just, just, just changed my life. <laughs> I was just like, you know, John Wimber was a remarkable person um, when it comes to these whole things of the, the gifts of the spirits. And, um, but John wanted to have everyone praying for healing. You know, the model of church 
predominantly was that the guy up the front was the guy. And he was the guy with the, the anointing, and he was the guy that you needed to go to and get praying for healing. And, and John Wimber, as, as many as I mean, it was, it was a big part of the, uh, the Protestant Reformation when they, uh, it was uh, Luther and Calvin reading the scriptures and see, seeing how it talks about the priesthood of all believers. As Christians, we're the priesthood of all believers. We can all be priests. We can all be the ones that can, that can minister and, and, uh, and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And, and, uh, but, and John Wimber wanted to get this in the hands of the people. He wanted, to, he wanted people to, to, I want you guys to be seeing God heal people and to pray for people. And, um, and so he, he just developed a little, a little model. Now, remember I said, like, there's no method to it. And then, hang on, but now you're talking about a little model. It's like, well, which one is it? Well, this is more, this is not so much about, like, if you do this thing here, God will heal. This is more about just, like, if you're, if you would love to see someone healed and you know that God heals, but you just got no idea where to start, here's a, here's a place to start. It's a, it's a model that can just help you to just go, at least this will get me going. And then in the midst of this, um, see what God does. It was really just to get us, get us going. And it was so helpful for me because I was just like, I'd love to, to pray for people to see them healed, but I've got, I, I don't know where to start. So we're just going to... Um, just going to throw this out here uh, quickly for you because I know that for many of you might be in that same boat is that you'd love to pray for people you'd love to see things happen but you just don't know where to start and again it's important to know that a couple of things is that one is that little phrase that we read is that um, the power of God was, was present to heal and it's not we don't have a magic switch unfortunately it's just that there are times when the power of God is present to heal and, um, and if we don't know when that is, well, then we should just, just pray and just think maybe it's now. So here's what, here's what John Wimber taught us and uh, gave us this little model. And uh, I know it's been so helpful for so many people, but um, say we invited some people up to the front on a Sunday here that wanted God to heal them. And then we said, like, could we have some people to come up and pray for them? And you said, like, well, I've never done that before. Well, this is, this is the kind of thing that will help you get going. The first thing that you can do is it's like, it's like they, it's, they call it an interview. But it's like, it's like, hey, we've never met before. What's your name? It's like, and one of the best questions that um, I've learned to ask is, uh, and Jesus asked in one of the stories, I should have recorded where it was, but in one of the, the records of him healing someone, Jesus asked this question as well. It's like, what do you want God to do for you today? What would you like God to do for you? It's like, well, you know, my, I'm having trouble with my back, and I'd love, love him to take the pain away. And uh, it's really just working out what's, what's going on. Um, and then moving into the second thing, again, which is, again, another another biggish word it's like a diagnosis it's like it's it's trying to work out like what's um what's really going on here because like i say sometimes it's people are holding um unforgiveness towards people that actually has an impact on their health and the the thing that needs to be worked through and prayed through is their unforgiveness not not just like god heal their 
Um, heal this or heal that. Uh, so, so that's a little bit of a a little bit of a interesting one where we're trying to work out in the midst of just starting this prayer model, like God, what are you wanting to do here? And, and isn't it interesting how, like, in, again, we read in John, and Jesus said that He only does what He sees the Father doing. So it's not like He's got healing in His pockets. What he's doing is he just has a relationship with God. And out of that, that relationship, he gets revelation about what to do. And that's probably why in one time he lays hands, another time he touches someone, another time he rebukes a fever, another time he, he just says, get up and walk, is he's just hearing from the Father. And I know that we're all on this journey, aren't we, of, of hearing from God. And sometimes we... We feel like we don't hear from God at all, and every now and then we, get, we feel like we get a little bit of a, 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 a window into, into what God's doing. If you're, a, if you're new in your journey of faith, um, I would encourage you to be someone that steps into learning to hear from God. And uh, we've, uh, there's been messages that you'll find on our website that will, will help you with that. People... Just what Jacinda was saying earlier about how, uh, how cool it would be to get some of the people that have been around for a bit longer uh, to be alongside some of our young mums in the, in the crash. It's the same thing with hearing God. For those of you that have been around a bit longer and you feel like uh, you've, you've got a, a track record of, of, of hearing from God, then get along some people and, and help them in their journey. And then number three is, uh, is deciding what kind of prayer to pray, prayer selection. It's like, are you going to rebuke something? Are you going to uh, be praying for this or, or praying for that? Um, and when you're not sure, this is the thing. What, what I do is I just often just say, let's pray. And I'll say, I'll say, come Holy Spirit. And then I'll just wait. That's a good prayer. They'll come Holy Spirit prayer. Um, and it, uh, it buys me a bit of time just to try and hear from God. Like, you know, what, what's, what's going on here? What do we do? Um, so we're, we're praying for, for healing, but we're trying to hear from God in the midst of it. Prayer engagement, we just actually, it's good to start praying eh, at some point. So, uh, um, and again, Jesus was pretty unique. Like, you don't see that many people that are so um, tuned into God in, in, in their healing ministry that they can just go touch this person, rebuke this fever, and it goes. Uh, it's just say get up and walk without you know for, for us um, we it's a good thing for us just to come and alongside people and and just pray and then try and to hear what what uh, what God is doing in the midst of that so are those our kids I love that sound what a great what a great sound but if you're going to pray we, we encourage people to keep their their eyes open um, if you had your eyes closed when you were praying for a paralyzed man, he got up and walked out. One, you know, it's, um, but often when we invite the Spirit, Holy Spirit to come, we're praying for someone, then the, the, there is this dynamic where when the Holy Spirit encounters us, there's often a physiological response to that. And like people can, can tremble or shake. Sometimes people lose strength out of their legs and it's just helpful to help them to sit down. Sometimes, sometimes people's eyelids flicker. It's just the weirdest thing. You could never do it if you tried. When you pray for something, their eyelids start flickering, fluttering. It's just, um, I might have said this before, but I did hear this story once of someone that was praying for someone with a hand on their head with their eyes closed and then when they opened their eyes, they, the guy was flat on the, on the ground and he had a toupee stuck to his hand. So uh, I like... I, <laughs> 
So keep your, keep your eyes open when you pray. Um, and um, and when, when you pray for people, it, it can often feel like it's a, it's a holy moment and we can't interrupt what's going on here, but like, like God's, God will do what God does. I'm always asking people, like, what's going on? Are you feeling anything? Experiencing anything? Like they might have a sore leg. I say, like, can you move it around? Is it still sore? And they go, like, it actually is a little bit sore, but it's way better. So you, you get encouraged that God's actually doing something here. Most of the healings that I've seen happen are usually um, piece by piece, not the miraculous instant 100% healings. So, um, so good to keep, uh, keep praying. There was that story. Again, when Jesus healed someone blind and he prayed for him, he says, what's going on? And, and the guy says, I can sort of, he was completely blind. And then he says, it's a bit blurry. I see things moving around like trees uh, with some people. And so it was a part healing. And then Jesus prayed some more. And then the, the sight came completely. So, um, so I'll, I'll often ask people what, what's happening as, as we're doing that. And then... Uh, it's quite helpful, like, like again, post-prayer directions. It's just helpful to think, like, when do you, when do you stop? And, and when you do stop, what do you do? It's all awkward. We've just been praying. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, how about those All Blacks? You know, I don't know. It's like, and, um, but, you know, Jesus, there was one time where he said to someone, go and sin no more. It's like, give them some direction. It's, uh, um, you could say, you know, people go, like, I'm, I'm, I'm healed. I said, well, well, don't go off your meds until you've seen your doctor. That's good, good advice after you've prayed for someone. Um, and if you, you know, when you finish praying, it's like, well, it's like, how about a coffee? That's good post-prayer directions, isn't it? How about we get, you know, how about a coffee? It's just, it's, um, so it's one of the things that we love, it's a, a phrase that we have in the vineyard that we love, is that we love being naturally supernatural. So it's not like there's this big kind of supernatural thing going on over here, and then we've got to sort of step out of that into some, natural thing over here. It's just all God's with us in, in all that we do. And I just I just know that with me and my journey and my I've I've grown in my ability to hear from God and to and to see things happen. Um, still, you know, a lot more doesn't happen than happens, but stuff does happen when we pray. So I'll always be up for praying for people for for healing and and uh, just for the sake of time I'm not gonna go into our uh, the heart of our kingdom theology that we, you know, we have here, and there's messages on our website of, about that. But it just—it's so important to have a robust and healthy theology around uh, your understanding of healing and of suffering, not just of not just of healing, but of suffering and illness and uh, accidents and death. And it's just so, so, so important. Um, but what we want to do now is to actually pray for some people and to see what God will do. Um, just remembering that there's no guarantee, there's no, um, we can start praying. And um, remember once, and uh, God actually told me when I was praying for a, a lady who had a, like a highly uh, infected and inflamed throat and she was about to go into exams. And, um, and as uh, I was praying, Praying, I feel God's, you know, remind me of that whole spit thing, you know, the spit in the eye thing, that, that healing time, thinking like, I'm like, really? Is that real? And so I said, I said, look, I'm just so sorry. <laughs> but, 
but I just get this sense that God's saying this, and what? And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, um, um, how about we do this? What if I just kind of like lick my fingers and, and just put them on your throat? Would that be okay? And she's like, okay. <laughs> and prayed for her and again instantly healed of this uh, and so it was so you, sometimes you, like I said you just don't know where God's gonna gonna take these things and and um, but I'd encourage you to to be to be bold with what you feel God's saying but also to be like I like I just didn't just hock on her neck you know like it's just it's just just be a, like kind of take what you feel God's saying to you and and, and be, be thoughtful, you know, as you, as you go, but, um, but to be bold. But what I, I'd, my, my invitation to you guys, you know, will you pray for people when they're sick? Like, pray for your family. They like you. It's a safe place. Um, pray for people, you know, here at church and in your home group. And then if you want to step out a bit, you can start praying for people at work and and uh, you, know, you can pray for people that you, you bump into, and especially if you bump into them really hard. But um, you just, just, would you pray for people? 